On this week's episode of Polk and Kush, Polk is a year older. The Pelicans are preparing for the draft. Does anyone really care? We don't really understand the draft. Plus, there's minicamp. We don't understand that either. And nobody's going to have power. Nobody's going to have roads here in the city of New Orleans. We do understand that. We've seen that for years. But what haven't we seen? Dogs that are trained to bite off penises. You're going to want to stick around and hear it all right here on Polk and Kush. Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Wednesday, June 1st, 2022, and we have hit the slow season of sports. There is nothing going on in this city uh, for quite some time, but it doesn't mean that we don't have anything to talk about. Uh, excited to be back after our week off. I am Scott Kushner alongside my trusty co-host, Mr. Andrew Polk. How do you do, sir? My garbage can was stolen again. <laughs> Longtime listeners, <laughs> remember the trials and tribulations that we all went through as a group, as a community, <laughs> comparable to Hurricane Ida, yes. 9-11, COVID-19. Uh-huh. This is a tragic event that brought a community together. Yes, the telethon will be coming soon. There was some healing when 311 finally brought me, not the band, yeah. brought me a new garbage can 10 months after <laughs> I put in a request for it. The garbage can has been here for about seven, eight weeks. Brand new, shiny. Mm. Spray painted the house number on it. <laughs> that didn't seem to matter? No, oddly enough, it did not deter them. <laughs> it's, it's almost as if they're brazen. There's no uh, OCD criminal that's like, well, that's not the number of my house, so I'm not going to steal it. And this was caused by America's most corrupt, probably... <laughs> A uh, criminal network of of scum and mm. villainy, uh, hard rock construction. Yes. Uh, because when they dug up the road years ago, they left like a one foot drop off from uh, from the leveled land uh-huh. where, where my home is to the road. So when I put the garbage can out there, uh, it it. When it is emptied, it takes a one-foot drop into the street, oh. and the garbage guys just leave it in the street. Gotcha. So somebody driving by can just hop out, throw it in the back of their truck, and speed off. Yes. Uh, I do have a suspect, the guy on the teal bicycle that's been driving around. Uh-huh. Uh, a shed burned down, down the street. Jeez. Uh, and then he was spotted stealing the burned remains. Oh, my God. Um, Dude, there's just some... It, it really just... Sometimes, like, this isn't real. Yeah. Like, is this a real place? Well, I was thinking, you know, maybe it blew away. Maybe 
<laughs> maybe a neighbor took it. Maybe a child's building a fort and playing with it. That's I, not. I have had neighbors where it's like you know it it vacillates from house to house because they sometimes you know they when they by the time they actually put it in the truck they've driven another door down that kind of thing. But yeah. it usually gets works itself out. What do you do with a stolen garbage can? I'm thinking. There are a lot of like restaurants in the French Quarter that have like seven hundred garbage cans. And okay, it's like, I don't know if they got seven hundred garbage cans just by having a lease here. I think there's an underground garbage can network of maybe like construction sites, uh-huh. restaurant places that need fifty garbage cans. These things, I looked it up. I've have done the deep dive. <laughs> We're way deep. We've done the Infowars yeah, dive. I've, on, I've been uh, on the Trash Co. Wikipedia, <laughs> Waste Management Wikipedia, Reddit.com/slash/garbagecans. Yeah, yes. I'm I'm a garbage man by proxy <laughs> at this point. But there's places that have a lot of garbage. And I guess want to buck the trend in New Orleans by putting their garbage in a receptacle. Yeah. It's not a problem for me anymore. New Orleans is over. It's not a city anymore. It's just like a bachelor party experiment. (laughs) Your Airbnb headquarters. I'm just going to throw my garbage in the yard from now on. (laughs) Who gives a shit? No, nothing will happen. It doesn't matter. No, that's definitely true. There will be no consequence uh, for that. Uh, Dude. I can't understand why someone would need to steal it. I also don't understand why you couldn't go out to Lowe's, spend $25, get yourself a garbage can, but they won't let you do that in the city, right? Does you have to have the approved garbage can of whatever company it is that is you know, stealing our tax dollars to yeah. throw that away? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the astute garbage men of the city are out there with measuring tapes. <laughs> They're verifying the size like a carry-on on Spirit Airline. They're scanning the serial number to make sure it's at the right place. You, there's, but, yeah, you're correct. It, and it's also like, uh, you know, you cannot fill in a city pothole yourself. You will get fined or could get fined by the city. That one makes more sense to me. That's not like yours. Yeah. Like, the, if, you were to, if you screw up a city pothole, which if I was, you know, uh, What's butter? What's Butters' is, uh, alias in uh, South Park? Captain Dr. Insane Chaos. Dr. Kins- yeah, Professor Chaos. Professor Chaos. Yes, I would fill up all of the potholes, but make them something that immediately breaks, so people st- think that the yeah. pothole is full, but in fact it is not. Um, so I understand that one. That's public property. This is like your trash going in a trash can. I don't understand. Do you think you're going to booby trap it? I think they're going to, uh, you know, have some sort of uh, of. of you know, something that's going to hurt the garbage man as they try to pick it up. The only thing that's hurting garbage men in this city is drivers looking at their phones. Yeah, well, that is constant. I, you mentioned booby-trapped. I am going to hide in the recycling <laughs> bin, which remains, because people won't even steal recycling in this city. It's so useless. <laughs> I'm going to hide in there like Oster the Grouch with a Mossberg 12-gauge. And whoever opens the lid, I'm sending them to hell. Hopefully it's not an actual garbage man. <laughs> yeah, that would be the worst case scenario. I pop out and blow away yeah, garbage the, man. This poor and man's then, trying to do his job. And then we're down another one. Yeah. <laughs> it's only once a week, right? Allegedly. <laughs> That's what's been happening in my life. I turned 37 on uh, Thursday. Welcome. Welcome to the club. That's why we took uh, the week off. Uh-huh. Because um, I was 
in a fugue state. Yeah, a week-long bacchanalia oh, for yeah. everybody's 37th birthday. Unforgettable experience. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, happy birthdays at the workplace. That's terrible, it's isn't it? It's like, please, I don't... <laughs> 18, 21, 30. Those are your last three birthdays. Yeah. And then 40 seems to be awesome. Uh, a lot of people seem to spend a lot of money on their 40th birthday, I've been finding. Yeah, maybe I'll go on a cruise or something like that, but I don't... I would love to see you on a cruise. I feel I... like you're just pure stone-cold hatred of everyone <laughs> on that boat would be just... I would just want you to keep a diary of this guy wore this shirt and I hate him. It could, <laughs> be, it could be the opposite because there's like... Yeah, the food on there is crappy, but it's unlimited. Yeah, that is true. And I do love an unlimited spaghetti. <laughs> even if it is on the aquatic version yes. of Monroe, Louisiana. <laughs> I'd like to order a club sandwich at 11 p.m. Because yeah. I can. Yeah. Some like Ethiopian guy <laughs> brings it out. He's trying to work off his blood debt. Got a little bellhop hat on. Uh, if we're still doing this show for your 40th birthday, and God damn it, I'd like to be, uh, we're doing a remote episode on a Caribbean cruise. I think I think we'll be doing the show when I'm 40, but then we'll be covering the Titans. Yeah. We're both going to be living in Nashville then. Uh, the... Uh, I God, I would love to see you on one of those three-day Cozumel cruises that cost like seventy-five bucks. Yeah, and it's just you know it, you're essentially in d the Dollar General of the sea. <laughs> 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 like, you're just marooned with all the customers of Dollar General. Yeah, it's like, uh, do you enjoy a gas station? Well, <laughs> do you want to go on vacation at a gas station for days? <laughs> But there's the limbo. <laughs> you to play beanbag contests. Um, so where did you, where was the birthday festivities? Um, it was, I went to the casino. I went and uh, lost money at Blackjack. Okay. And then I wanted to continue doing an activity. So uh -huh. it's like, maybe I'll go, go to Barcadia. They've got video games. They don't have video games anymore. No. They're just a bar -adia. There's no cage. <laughs> There were games on the bartender's phone that he was playing sure. instead of waiting on us. Yeah. They they shut down like the whole back two rooms. Uh-huh. And now there's just, you know, there's like a board up front that's like, drink wine, bitches. Yeah, I went. And you like take your photo in front of that's it. That's horrible, man. I went for the final four, which you would think would be like a day that yeah. would be like, you know, all dudes and whatever in. Uh, Your kind of party. My kind of party. Just nothing but guys looking to play arcade games. <laughs> I went down there. There was like one bartender. They the back two rooms completely closed. I guess it's a club now. Okay. That's open at like I guess late night. I don't understand. And uh, it was it was really quite a terrible uh, experience. So yeah, that place used to be like a big meathead factory. Um, yeah. There was a time where I feel like every time I went there, my mid-20s, there was always a fight, mm -hmm. which was always exciting. Uh, that's gone. Is Republic still open or Red Eye? Are all those places still open? I don't know. The okay. I'm not friends with too many 20-year-olds. <laughs> Go hang out at the, uh, you know, the post-doctorate LSU frat scene. Yeah. Barcadia, uh, if it became a club, maybe they don't have any video games anymore because they had a foam party. Yeah. And they forgot to wheel the machines out. Exactly. And they just electrocuted everybody. <laughs> that 
would actually be a better explanation uh, than just intentionally not trying to be an interesting bar. Um, then did you go anywhere else, or you just gave up? We went to Dave and Buster's. Oh, that, that is a real arcade. Dave and Buster's is a real arcade. Yeah, they had, like the virtual reality movie experiences. Oh yeah, they had Top Gun, Big Mama's House, uh, <laughs> Moana. I don't know. It was fun. Um, a lot of Papa shots. Yeah. They had carnival games. I hit the bonus on the big Monopoly wheel. Oh, how and, exciting. Well, it didn't award me the tickets. And That's... then it's like, I can't ask anybody. No. They're like, well, where's your son or daughter? <laughs> and what are you going to do with those tickets? Buy a novelty shot glass <laughs> with a mustache on it. Uh, I I enjoy... What did you do during my birthday? Instead uh, of celebrate it with me? I watched my children uh, uh, and made sure that we, you know, got to see the Lightning McQueen movie for the 1,000th time. That you was were, very You important. were in a different part of Dave & Buster's. Yeah, I was in, a, I was in the less fun <laughs> Dave & Buster's. I was in the Dave & Buster's that doesn't have booze. Man. <laughs> um, yeah, man, we've been getting a lot of pool time in. That's been... Uh, that, that's what you do. With kids, you got to wear them out. I, I wish we were in a pool right now. It's 100 fucking degrees this in here. This is wild, man. This is like being in Vietnam in 1969. <laughs> this is insane. Do we have any vets listening to the show? There's some guy <laughs> that's like... They might be able to, 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 to dispute that account. Yeah, be like, yeah, I don't remember a Simpsons arcade game. I remember recording a podcast. Uh, sparkling ice caffeinated black raspberry in the jungle. <laughs> As two privileged dickheads bitch about their lives. I'm only recently privileged. <laughs> it's a new one. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, they're really... This is unquestionably, I think, the slowest part of the calendar year when it comes to New Orleans and Louisiana sports. I, I think right now the only thing that's going on in the moment is college baseball. Uh, LSU made the tournament. I believe your your Louisiana Tech dogs, did they make the tournament? I think they did. They're, uh, last I saw that they could or couldn't That's okay. what the story said. <laughs> Southeastern made it. Uh, and so there's a handful of, uh, of local teams. I think like, they were Asian Cajuns made it. Uh, so we had that going on. But we don't really know anything about that except for that Tennessee is awesome. Um, but the Pelicans are in an interesting position right now in that despite having gone to the playoffs, uh, they are going to be picking number eight in the upcoming draft. Uh, those things are starting to pick up a little bit. Do you find yourself reading any draft coverage whatsoever? No. Do you pay attention to it no. at all? Does the fact that you don't know anything about the draft, because I know it does for me, is the fact that you don't know anything about the draft and don't really care to learn anything about the draft make you just think, like, oh, they should trade the pick? I mean, we... Uh, or does it make you think, like, they should pick somebody because that guy's probably going to be good because I don't know who they are? I have no real thoughts on it. Okay. You know, I, I want them to make a move first, and then I'll say that they should have done the opposite. <laughs> I think that's really the the way that will make me appear to be the smartest, uh, yeah. most educated on the on the situation at hand. I I you know I keep up with Pelicans news to some degree. I don't know any of these guys' names. No. These are like 
these could be names from The Sims. I have no idea who any yeah. of these people are. Because you watch no college basketball, right? I mean, I do, but I'm not writing down their names. No, yeah. You know? Yeah, you're just gambling <laughs> on which color jersey is yeah. going to win. Yeah. I'm gambling on a, on a daytime tournament yeah. in Raccoon <laughs> Fart, Idaho. I'm not going, oh, yeah, Dilbert uh, Hamfoot. He's... You know, he's dedicated. That's what they they talk about, like the leadership of these guys. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I just like as much college basketball as I watch and obviously as much NBA as I watch. I have such a hard time seeing where the skill sets like translate outside of just like the idea of pure shooting. That one seems to be pretty obvious. Everything else is like the college game is completely different than the NBA and, like, the talent levels are so disparate that it's, like, I don't – I just – I mean, there are people who are really good at it and people who, like, love the draft and feel like they know a lot of shit about the draft. I am just the exact opposite person. I would look at it and I'm, like, well, that's pretty good, but he's going against college players. They're, like, well, no, that guy's supposed to be number one. I was, like, well, what's – what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I don't know how that wor- – like, Chet Holmgren is going to be a top three pick, right? He looks – like an even skinnier version of Kevin Durant who looks like he's going to get eaten alive in the NBA. And I'm like, I don't understand how this works. And they're like, oh, well, he's definitely going to be awesome. I was like, none of this makes sense how this translates. I cannot understand it. And then you see a guy like Grant Williams, who I watched in college for, you know, play like 100 games in Tennessee. And he was, what, the 20-something pick? And it took till now to where he's good. And it's like, okay. And, and he's playing a completely different way. I was like, I, I really just like struggle to see where the skill sets merge at all. Yeah. And like, you know, looking at Jackson Hayes and Chet Holmgren, it's yeah. like, come on. I know. Jackson Hayes is going to be 100 times better than this guy. You would think. Will he after three seasons? Yes. Jackson Hayes will, <laughs> will be better than Chet in three seasons unless Chet gains 80 pounds. Yeah. And which I guess he could. He could. I mean, I just there's. I it just took don't. Anthony Davis five years to gain weight. Yeah, but that, but like I, that's the other thing. Like I saw Anthony Davis playing college, and I was like, he can't score. I was like, all he can do is like finish at the basket. Like he just makes weak side dunks. And he got to the NBA, and he's like this unbelievable scorer and shooter. And you're like, how did this happen? How did anyone see this happening? Grant Williams is taking like eight threes a game. He didn't take like a three pointer at Tennessee. I don't under like. Where do people get these skill sets? Or like, where do they see that? I don't. I, the combine, you know, they all do shit for ten minutes, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we've got a pretty good idea of what all these guys are." I get if it's your job and it's all you do is pay attention to the draft that maybe you might be able to glean some information. But the amount of people who have opinions on this shit, they can't know anything, right? Like, we can just admit that everybody on Twitter who's at, talking about draft picks knows absolutely nothing. Well. You mentioned opinions, and uh, the late, great Norm MacDonald, in his final special that came out on Monday, said, everybody has opinions now, and used to, everybody had six opinions, and they were mostly about food. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, I'd, I'm sure it sounds cool, and it fills out the blog and kills time on the podcast to have an opinion about these guys but i've been through every nba draft uh since i've 
been five or six years old. Yeah. No one knows anything. No. Still, no one knows anything. They usually, not even always, know who the best player is. Yeah. Yeah. Not even always. Not even always. I agree. And then after that, it's a complete fucking crapshoot. Yeah. Yeah. It is, and definitely if you're outside the top three or four, it just feels like a guess. The night of the draft, everyone is pretty confident that they did very well. Mm-hmm. And then they're all excited in summer league for the most part. Even if they're bad in summer league, you'll just, you know, why that doesn't count. But if they're great in summer league, then it's very vindicating. And then, you know, you get to the games and you see what happens. Like, up until, what, 30 games in the last year, people thought Nikhil Alexander-Walker was going to be awesome. Right? Yeah. Like, it wasn't even like the first two years threw people off. It, was, it took halfway through last season. Where people were finally like, oh, he might suck. Mm-hmm. And that's just like this built-in optimism bias that you just get by watching someone who's young because you sort of dismiss all the things that are bad. Yeah. And it's, it was fun. Like, they had a lot of goodwill because of who they came in with uh-huh. and because they were showing something that the Pelicans uh, fan base had not seen in a while, which was a little teammate unity. Yeah. Like, him and Jackson and Zion were, like, doing the, the shoe check-in on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like they had, like, some rapport to yeah. whatever degree showing your shoes to other people is a rapport, but that was, like, kind of fun to see. Nikhil certainly had flashes. Uh, There was a lot of, uh, 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 I don't know, like good expectations about him. But then you hit reality whenever there's some hope, too. Like when the Pelicans were getting a little bit better, you could kind of point at the dead weight more without seeming like a negative Nelly. Exactly. And, you know, there are certain members of the media here who are pounding the table in the media room that he was going to be the most improved player. And then that stuff just gets forgotten yeah. you know as you get through so there's just my point of all of this is to say the draft is a a, a lovely content machine mm-hmm. but let's all keep in mind that we all know what's going to happen that they're going to pick somebody at number eight or they'll trade it but they're <laughs> going to pick somebody at number eight everyone's going to say it's a great pick they're going to get to summer league no matter what happens it's either going to be that they play great and they're awesome or that they, they played badly, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to start the rookie season. Most people are going to dismiss whatever the results are if they're not good. And then by the time you get to about the third year is where people actually start to judge it. And right now we're judging it before they even pick somebody. We're judging guys. And I just find the whole uh, system of it to be just kind of a big ball of bullshit, right? Yeah. It just feels like it's all sort of... Like, like, we've just created this thing out of thin air. And it's war- I think it's worse in the NFL, actually. Yeah. But it's very bad in the NBA in the top, particularly in the top ten. Yeah, my buddy Bernie Sanders, he talks a lot about how the system <laughs> is broken. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. The system is broken. Well, it's just, like, contrived. Yeah. It feels contrived. I'm not having any meaningful conversations with anybody about the draft. Yeah. During the last two months of the Pelican season, I was talking to everybody about the Pelicans on paper, what they were actually doing, yeah. and hope for the next season. I don't. I, I think it's a very fringe community that knows the draft is happening. That's probably true. It is focusing on it. Yeah, is even more fringe, and to to cover it 
is, I mean, you might as well be wearing a tinfoil hat. You're a <laughs> lunatic. What are you doing? Go call your mother. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I don't know what, you know, Dagwood Flintstone <laughs> from Centenary is going to possibly bring to the table. But whenever he comes to the team or doesn't, then I will watch a highlight reel on YouTube. There we go. With grainy footage uh-huh. from the gym. And uh, then I'll make my assessments based on that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll see them at Summer League, and then an earthquake will happen, and we'll take <laughs> it as a sign. If the earthquake happens, we know that the player will be very good, and he'll play 85 games in three seasons. <laughs> yes, that it's is, like the smoke with the Pope. It's scientific. Uh, that, that much we have down. Uh, I, I am uh, very interested to see what they do with the pick. I still think they should trade it, mostly because I don't know who they're going to get. I don't, I just feel like there could, they can actually go get a real piece that can help them right now. But you know what? They had three rookies who helped them pretty significantly last season. uh, And they shoved it in my face, right? Like I didn't think Herb Jones was going to do a goddamn thing. Herb Jones was great. Like Herb Jones was the third or fourth best player on the team the whole year last year. He was awesome. Uh, Jose Alvarado came out of absolutely nowhere. So like, it's not to say rookies don't have their place. It's not to say the draft isn't important. I just find the entire conjecture around it, uh, to be just this this real weird shell game that never stops. Yeah. Uh, so one person who will be on television analyzing, I guess not the draft, hopefully not the draft, uh, but analyzing the NBA Finals is C.J. McCollum. Uh, C.J. is was hi- hired by ESPN to talk about the finals. I mean, he seems like he'd just be really good at that. Yeah, he's... Uh, I like listening to him speak. He's yeah. a very... Intelligent player, very, uh, he is the, as we've said before, he's the president of the Player Association. He knows what's going on. Uh, He has great insight. He was on a playoff contender for, I guess, technically his entire career. Uh Now you can actually count the Pels. Sure. So he knows what's going on. And uh, it's good for the team. It's good for the city of New Orleans. And he's not the only player that's been getting FaceTime. Since the Pels left the playoffs, uh, Jose Alvarado, he's Mm -hmm. been... Showing up as the wacky neighbor in every sitcom. <laughs> He's Wilson. Yeah. On <laughs> with a full face. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> really yeah, aging would, ourselves on that one. He would be. He. I mean, he kind of is Wilson. He's going to have to peek <laughs> over the fence. He's so tiny. Oh, uh, yeah. He showed up. He just like goes everywhere and tries to steal the ball yeah. on television. Yeah. I read a tweet that uh, they said somebody said they went to an AAU tournament uh, recently and they saw like 17 different kids try to do the sneak attack move. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Like every single player is trying to do Jose Alvarado's move. I was like, yeah, I get it. Like it's especially an AAU tournament where these guys aren't, you know, they don't give a shit, you know, they're, and uh, it's kind of the perfect thing to make you look like you play really hard. And I, I just thought that was hilarious. But I do think it's good. CJ's going to be on there. I think it's a good way to kind of capture some casuals who might just tune in for the finals. Mm-hmm. ESPN, obviously, and ABC has the finals broadcast, uh, so his face should be uh, on that from time to time. Uh, and he's just like a guy who's really, really ridiculously easy to root for. Like, he is uh, everything that you've ever wanted a pro athlete to be and not in a contrived, douchebag way. Like, he's uh, Drew Brees if you took away all of the chain restaurants and the camouflage. <laughs> 
you know? And added a lot of charisma and charm. And yeah, and class, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> like So exactly, like... <laughs> Well, he's got all the leadership and like yeah. Breeze would, you know, was good at standing there and answering yeah. questions and wearing a Saints hat. Like he was good at that. <laughs> you know, he was. And uh, McCollum is great at that stuff. Uh, but he also doesn't make you uh, like roll your eyes to the back of the head like, uh, you know, when he does anything on Instagram. No, absolutely. Uh, it's it's really good for the team. Um, yeah, it's it's just uh, it's fun to see players uh who can be a little proud of their team of yeah. their you know i'm sure he's the unofficial captain yeah you know to have him out there is gonna be it, it'll be nice to see in an otherwise brutally unlikable nba finals i know I, are, yeah. are there two worse fan bases i know that's horrible really i mean the lakers yeah the only thing that could be worse would be if the lakers were playing boston um and even then I don't know if they're that much more likable than Golden State. At this I point. mean, the the Lakers have been humbled in recent years, <laughs> yes. so I I think Warriors are probably worse. I kind of like the Warriors team, though. Like, I really I like watching Steph. I love Clay. Draymond is so uh, he's such an asshole that I almost appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Like, he's one of those guys. Like, when he's playing against your team. You're like, what an unbelievable dickhead. And then when he, you're just watching him as a neutral observer, you're like, this is sort of hilarious. Like, he just can't, he won't stop. And you can just see the visceral anger coming off of the fans in the other arena. Um, and I just like that the idea of them winning a championship without Durant would be hilarious. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I like the Boston players. I, Jason Tatum has yeah, been he's absolutely yeah. out of his mind. Yeah. Um, I will watch it. I think it will be uh, pretty close. Yeah, it should be. And, uh, you know. I, I mean, yeah, I love Grant Williams, uh, so I'm torn on that front. Cause it's not an easy one to gamble on. No, you know what? I, I was going to bet, like, one of the, like, a longer odds, like a Celtic sweep Mm -hmm. Or like Celtics in five and get like, you know, 11 to one odds. And I have done that before and they never works. But it does make you interested in the first couple of games because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm this really long shot bet. My pay it takes a long time to lose that bet. Yeah. You know, so maybe I'll do that uh, and get it because I think Golden State is probably the, it, it, I know they're the favorite. Um, but I, I think the teams are very evenly matched. I think it's a fun finals. I think it'll be nice to see kind of some freshness. Uh, the NBA has been good at that lately. It has not been, you know, that that four year period of of Warriors Cavs honestly was dreadful. And I don't think anybody would really say it because they kind of like the star power of Steph Curry and LeBron. But like that sucked. Well, there's nothing fresh about this Warriors team other than two players. Well, they were dead for three years yeah. and then they came back. So it's like kind of an interesting story in that regard. I guess they were gone. Like Clay has been hurt for two plus years. Like they didn't make the playoffs for two years. Well, it's not super interesting because they were hurt. It's not like they were awful players for several years and then became good again. They, they were just, just not weren't playing. playing. Yeah, that's not super compelling. But Durant's it? not there. <laughs> that's true. 
God, how hard is Kevin Durant going to get roasted if they won the finals before he got there and they won the finals after he got there? I need more pictures of him on his phone. (laughs) He'll be there. Don't worry. Too many uses. He will be tweeting. Don't you worry about it. Uh, I think the last topic for the Pelicans we had was there's two expansion teams that are likely to come down. 2024. 2024, they're saying. Vegas and Seattle. Makes Um, sense. And what the speculation is here is that New Orleans and Memphis will go to the Eastern Conference. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? I don't know. Maybe the Eastern might be incredibly good. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> You're talking at least ha- like 50% more. Oh, yeah. No 6 more p.m. starts. 11 p.m. games. Those 930 tips. Yeah. I just can't. My body can't for handle For the Kings. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I got to stay up for them to play, uh, you know, the, the Kings at 930 at night. It's like, just shoot me in the face. Uh, so, yeah, I want them to go to the East. I think we the, the, the city has some natural rivalry with Atlanta that I think could be, you know, built up if that was there. Uh, and the Pelicans haven't been relevant enough in the West to have any real rivalries that the other team cares about like the pelicans hate the lakers mm-hmm. lakers don't care at all about the pelicans i think the oh, pelicans yeah. have hated at various times the spurs nobody has ever cared about the pelicans coming to town nobody nobody hates the pelicans nobody gives a crap about no. them maybe some lunatic phoenix fans but otherwise the pelicans it's the don draper in the elevator i don't think about you at all <laughs> Yeah, so I don't think it would be a big deal to move to the East. I think it would be a nice way to uh, to switch that. Vegas, Seattle, two very natural markets the NBA to go to. And hey, every team, every market that gets a team is another market they can't threaten to leave mm-hmm. for. So that is good uh, because I don't think they're going anywhere with Gail Benson. But obviously, whenever that you know, whenever she's gone, uh, things will be a little more tricky on that front. So expansion. Good. Uh, I'm all for it. Uh, win, win. Uh, anyway, we'll be back. We've got a little saints talk plus a whole bunch of stuff going on in this, uh, wonderful wacky city. And of course the worst. So stick around. We'll be right back. It's a hot one in New Orleans this summer. You need a place to go, have a cool breeze, and have an even cooler beverage. My suggestion, my personal belief, yes, the best patio in all of Uptown, 31 beers on tap, full menu, local sports on the TVs. I could only be talking about Ale on Oak. That's right. Ale on Oak, everyone. The greatest patio in all of uptown uh you like to watch baseball they're gonna have every one of those tournament games they can get on they're gonna throw them on the tvs you can go watch lsu you can go watch the vols you can go watch southeastern everyone's gonna be on there plus if you like to gamble on major league baseball you like to watch major league baseball they've got the mlb extra innings package they've got all the TVs, they've got all the beers, they've got wonderful food, they've got a wonderful patio. I don't know why you're not at Ale right now. Seems I, pretty easy. You can listen to Polk and Kush while you're at Ale. Yeah. You can put in the headphones, you can order some chicken wings, and you can order a delicious Paradise Park. Oh, oh baby. Oh, man. A lawnmower Ale. <laughs> 
<laughs> anything is possible. It is where dreams come true. Ale on Oak. Tell them that Polk and Cush sent you. Uh, they probably won't give you anything for it, but they'll go like, oh, yeah, we like those guys. Maybe some guff. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of guff. They have real staff, <laughs> so they're going to like respond to you, you know? This this bar is in, it's in an echelon all of its own because they have people that work there. <laughs> yes, it's very rare and unique. And they're not mad at you they're very happy <laughs> to be there they treat you with respect and dignity and more important than any of that nonsense is that they're going to give you a nice cold delicious coors light beautiful absolutely beautiful so stop on by uh right off the streetcar line uh, a couple blocks off of Carrollton. uh you on oak street you are going to want to go hit ale on oak that is a sponsor uh, the other thing occurring this week in the sports world here, the Saints had mini camp, mm-hmm. one of the uh, more ridiculous things to cover on planet Earth. Yeah. Rookie mini camp. Uh, nothing really happens. Uh, the only thing I think that was remotely newsworthy that came out of it. Michael Thomas, I suppose, was in the building He's in the building. He's like Elvis. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was there. So I guess that. We're counting that as a win. I don't it's know. a win because he's there. Yeah, he can't be on the field. He was there last season too. He just didn't play. I don't know what he's doing there. Yeah, is he just chilling at the Bud Light Lime tent? <laughs> I mean, that's what I'd be doing. He could be. The maybe, money's guaranteed, right? Maybe a little two K in the players' lounge. <laughs> I have no idea. But we're talking about it. He's there. That's better than not being there. Yes, objectively. Yes. I think so. Yes. Uh, so Thomas obviously missed all of last season. Uh, I don't think he's... I, I don't know if they've said if he's fully healthy or ready to go. I assume if he's not going out there at all, uh, but he's around, that probably means that he's still got some lingering issues. Uh, that is concerning, I would say. Yeah, Dennis Allen said that he was not uh, ready yet, and that is why he is not out there. Banana land. He had the surgery like a year ago. There's no timeline on it. Well, he went to Zion's doctor, so... <laughs> Nick Riviera, yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the deal is i mean the 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 details have been very light uh from saints media i feel like on this uh it's just weird but even without michael thomas the receivers are not a giant load of dog shit uh Mm -hmm. which is a giant improvement uh over where they have been uh chris olave got out there uh he participated so that was good i suppose were there any reports on Jameis that you saw Jameis is there and he is quote-unquote participating he okay. uh does have a brace on his leg and he is limping but he is out there he's uh 10 feet ahead of michael thomas he's allowed on the field <laughs> he has left the players lounge he has left the bud light mango studio he is actually standing on the field yeah. which as an analyst i'm gonna say better <laughs> better than off the field because so. he is there and, you know, this is the kind of thing where you say, like, you know, this really helps the chemistry <laughs> and the leadership because he's standing closer and further away. He's, they're getting used to his voice in the huddle. Yeah, he's out there. Yeah, very important. And he said uh, he, he's talking about Olave. I think he was talking about Olave, and he said he was as smooth as the other side of a pillow, which is not the, uh, the saying. Nope, not at all. That's not the, the other side of the pillow is not necessarily smooth. It is usually cool. 
Now, when I think of a football equivalent to George W. Bush, I normally <laughs> thought I normally thought of Les Miles because he looks exactly like George W. Bush. Yeah. I think it's actually Jameis. <laughs> He's got a lot of that. Very, like, charming, but kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Very charming, and then just kind of mix. He's like a family circus comic. He mix up, you know, he calls it Paschetti and Meat Bulbs. That's the kind of uh, vernacular that we receive from Jameis. But we love him. He's out there. He's, he's got a cement cast on. He really is, despite all the stuff in his past, which is objectively horrific. Uh he does seem just incredibly likable. He's fun, man. He just seems like a fun, funny and that's, guy. That's what they say. If you're fun and funny, all of the crimes are forgiven. And I'm sure he does a lot of goofy shit that they like and whatever. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it is very. You look at the Saints roster and you go, like, they could be pretty good. And then you look at him and you're like, well, they could be awful. And it literally is just like, it's that simple of like, they have a good enough team that if a quarterback is good they can really like the sky's the limit uh but i don't know where the rest of like what does the nfl like think of where the saints are i know locally people are like excited because they've built back the roster but i don't think most people respect the saints a whole lot do they there are a lot of uh, season projections out right now most of them have the saints at eight to nine wins mm. uh the big question mark of course is just Jameis Winston on this team. Yeah. What we saw was a sampling that was very positive, but it, it was so wild and erratic that it, it's hard to go by. There is, of course, a giant Sean Payton-sized question mark over the team as well. Yeah. If you want to focus on the positives, they had ESPN rank the offseason as 29 out of 32. I think the offseason was a little bit better than that. It was much better than that. The Saints have a playoff-level receiving core, if Michael Thomas plays. Yeah. Jameis Winston is as good as it could have gotten for the Saints. Thank God they did not get Deshaun Watson. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, there's still a lot of tight end questioning. I know that Juwan Johnson has been at the OTAs. Uh but a lot of the vets, you know, like uh, Taysom Hill, have not shown. None of the vets have really been at well, this Well, why would you? I don't know. If it's not mandatory, I wouldn't be there. Well, Michael Thomas is there. Oh, yeah, he's playing You know, games. getting a yeah. snow cone, <laughs> looking at his phone, whatever the hell he's doing. I mean, just look at the safety situation, though. Like, I think that's Marcus Williams leaving is something that everybody would be like, oh, it's a huge problem. It's like they've replaced that pretty well him and 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 Jenkins both being gone you got May and you've got Tyron Matthew like it feels like they've sort of filled the gaps of what they lost with the exception of mm -hmm. Sean Payton and I guess that is included as part of the offseason I assume um and that sure like Sean Payton is a is a you know a top level coach in the NFL and Dennis Allen is a complete unknown or you know a guy with a dog shit NFL record so you know, I get it, uh, but at the same time, I would disagree with the idea that they have one of the three worst off-seasons in the NFL, that seems. I mean, now, to be fair, I don't know much about anybody else's off-season, uh, but that seems kind of crazy to think yeah. it's that bad. Yeah, I think that's just maybe not uh, having any confidence in the team. Yeah. You know, there's... Uh, yes, losing Terran Armstead is also a big part of that. Yeah. Well, looking at the names that the Saints acquired during the offseason, they're pretty good. Maybe that low number comes from not knowing what the quarterback situation is going to actually look like on the field. 
and Dennis Allen. Yeah. So reasonable, understood. Uh, none of it really matters. It's all just BS to bandy about until the season gets started. There is a mini camp that you can attend. I believe it's next week. Might be the week after. Um, uh, that is going to be at the Saints facility. So there's two days. One if you're a club ticket holder or suite holder, and the other one is going to be open to the general public. Uh, I might be out there for one of those. My Ooh. son is uh, totally obsessed with football, and so I might bring him out there just as a thing to do while before camp starts. So if that happens, I'll have a very full breakdown for Poke and Kush uh, about all of my thoughts regarding the uh, the OTA minicamp. Oh, yeah. We were talking about kickers last season. Yes. So. Very important. I'll have a lot of information. And with that, we will take it into the local breakdown. It's Kyoto. It is you put pass in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> Whenever you talk to somebody about New Orleans, the city of New Orleans, and living here, they always say, well, you can drink on the street. It's 2022. People don't want to drink on the street anymore. They want to drink on the go. <laughs> yes. They got a lot of places to be. They want to drink behind the wheel. Yes. Do you work for the city? I bet you're <laughs> drinking behind the wheel right now. Um, it's not just city councilmen. It's not just podcast hosts. Mm -hmm. It's also sergeants at the NOPD. Yep. Can't fire them. I guess not. <laughs> this is why I should have taken up a career in law enforcement. They've got a couple open spots I've heard about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think you've got plenty of time to jump on that train. You would look great with a mustache. I have looked great with a mustache. <laughs> A veteran uh, New Orleans police sergeant who flipped his patrol car while driving drunk, injuring himself and another driver, was justly fired from the force and will not be reinstated. The New Orleans Civil Service Commission ruled this week. The incident was the first, second, third, fourth time Daniel McMullen Jr., 53, damaged a police car oh <laughs> over God. the course of his 30-year career, according to personnel documents. The other infractions, which included a paid detail on an adult movie set. Oh, there we go. Accrued penalties ranging from letters of reprimand to a five-day suspension. This is just a cop that likes to have a good time. <laughs> he was hammered a security on the set of a porno. Is that what they were saying? This guy's officer feel good. <laughs> the, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't get, like, he's not chief of police now. <laughs> they gave him a medal. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Four times on record, that means <sighs> 70 times off record. Good Lord. I also, there was a guy who they caught with like a gazillion pounds of drugs that was an NOPD detective not all that long ago, too. It's almost like these guys aren't all doing it for the right reason. Yeah, that's, I've, I've heard some sayings about bad apples before. Uh, after working a regular shift and a paid detail on November 15th, 2020, that's a hard pandemic time, uh, by yes. the way, McMill McMillan had drinks at a friend's restaurant, which had closed for the night. According to court documents, he drove home in his marked unit at around 2 a.m. and rear-ended an SUV traveling westbound on I-10, injuring the driver and causing substantial damage to the police car. 
The breathalyzer test registered 0.141, nearly twice the zero point or the point zero eight legal. Oh, that legal limit is really burdensome. Yeah. <laughs> He Never was, take the breathalyzer, man. Did anybody ever tell him that? He suck on some pennies? Yeah. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I had a police officer tell me that, say that you'll take the blood test, go to, go to the police station, ask to go to the restroom, and then make yourself throw up as much as possible. That sounds like a plan. Right? Now, why didn't he do that? Because he was too fucked up probably to remember to do it. <laughs> he uh, said... That he only had two shots of whiskey. Uh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> How big were the shot glasses? That's what I like to do. I like to go to a bar for eight hours <laughs> and have, when one, it's closed. have <laughs> one shot with nothing else every four hours. He was placed under emergency suspension, and a year later, he was fired. That guy's awesome. He had wrecked two other police cars and flooded another. What an idiot. I'm sure he was... Yelling at a hurricane, <laughs> just like driving into it drunk. It's a great job scary to have as an NOPD officer because no one's going to you have to actually do something like this to get in trouble. Yeah. Like you have to wreck the car like he could he's probably driven drunk a thousand times. Oh, I'm sure. You know, and so it's like no one's going to pull you over in the cop car. Also, uh, a big mistake. You have to hit something. I, I'm sure the big mistake here was he hit somebody that had insurance. That also, and a, and a license plate. If he'd hit somebody with no insurance and no license plate, he'd be like, yep, they hit me. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean. They made me drink these how two many shots of whiskey. How many of those people do you think he hit? <laughs> <laughs> how many of those people do you think he hit? Yeah. It was an experiment to see how drunk driving people, you know, <laughs> what people do when they're drunk driving. Training so that I it. know what to, yeah. what to look for. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, He's driving on our great New Orleans roads Yes, of course Our streets are beautiful uh, And in case you didn't know uh, It turns out that we had uh, $2 billion of FEMA funding for these roads The ones that, you know, you can't drive on And that have just like random cones in the middle of them Because the mm -hmm. potholes are so deep, etc uh, New Orleans is, this is from NOLA.com, uh, Matt Sledge's story. New Orleans is hitting the pause button on its much maligned road projects, uh, bringing in an outside manager. I wonder how they're paying him. I, I wonder uh. wonder they chose that guy. Uh, as the city tried too, to do too much at once to meet a fast-approaching federal funding deadline. So, turns out that Joseph Threat, the city's new deputy chief administrative officer, uh, told the city council that they're planning now to finish the open road and sewer projects first before launching new ones. I feel like anybody would have been able to tell you that you should probably finish the roads that you started tearing up rather than start and tearing up all the roads and then slowly getting to the ones. Have you driven through Mid-City lately? All it is is just streets that have been torn up for months, and then they're just waiting for the people to actually get there and fix it. It turns out it's a lot easier to tear the street up than it is to actually repair it. More fun, too. Yes, exactly. It's like, you know, the, the sledgehammer and the jackhammer are a lot more fun, I guess, than the, uh, the cement mixer. Yeah, the lathe or whatever they have to use. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm God. sure they're out there with tools. These guys. Oh, my God.
the quote from Ramsey Green, who's the chief of infrastructure. What a great job that well, you're doing a hell of a job, Ramsey. Uh, quote, now we see the problems of putting all that money into the streets at one time. We push the contractors to capacity. Oh, yeah, you're, you're just now realizing that it turned out that the. You guys had how many meetings to say, maybe we shouldn't just tear up every single street at the exact same time. Perhaps we should have them in a planned organizational uh, setting where when you tear up a street, then the people who fix it come in and fix it right away. And so you don't end up with just you know, the streets are already bad enough. You don't need to additionally tear them apart mm-hmm. and then just let them sit there and rot. Well, maybe like the citizens, you and I, average Joes, were emailing our complaints in, and because the city uses Cox Internet, <laughs> they were not able to actually receive the complaints. Therefore, they did not know that the roads weren't uh, done. They just thought they were completely done and fine. Yeah, you asked like the last time I drove through Mid City. The last time I drove through Mid City, I was driving like Speed Racer because I didn't want to get fucking carjacked. <laughs> So I have no idea. I can't even tell you what the roads were like. I was grease lightning. Uh, dude, it's, it would literally be like if you had a meeting at a doctor's, like inside a hospital, and you're like, all right, we've got a bunch of money. We've got to spend it all right now. So we're going to cut all these guys open. On the, we're going to leave them on surgical mm-hmm. tables. But we only have one surgeon to actually fix them yeah. at a time. So we're just going to keep these people wide open sitting there because otherwise we're going to lose the money. Because we sat there for years and let these people get sick. And it's like, oh, all right, well, this is a great strategy. Maybe you should just have more surgeons. Wouldn't that seem to work? And the one surgeon is Arnie Grape. <laughs> <laughs> the, one, the one surgeon has two fingers. Yeah. <laughs> he just has the pinky and the thumb. Yes. I mean, this is a uh, only in New Orleans kind of uh, problem. I mean, just... Who, who didn't see this coming? Who Obviously, everybody knew this was going to happen. Um, it really is. Uh, it, it's, it's bonkers. Uh, so, but not surprising. No, not surprising. Um, something we mentioned on this segment a couple weeks ago was uh, the ATV driving on the streets. Yes. There was an a ATV gang going down. Not gang. A, a group of fellows. Uh, fellowship group yeah yes. they were on their way to donate blood uh i'm not going to tell you the means how they were getting the blood but they were going to give it to somebody uh in plaquemines parish in bell chase a deputy was hit by some of these people uh atv driving recklessly around 2 a.m on tuesday last night Ugh. uh the atv was driven by an 18 year old from new orleans uh, the sheriff who, you know, we, we, old. we've been a little rough maybe on law enforcement on here recently. Yeah. This was an officer actually trying to do something. Yep. Actually trying to stop something. And he gets run over by a kid on a four wheeler. So what yeah. do we know? Maybe not doing your job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, you know, it always seems better just to do nothing. I'm, I'm, uh, fine admitting when I'm wrong. Yes. And, uh, you know, maybe, Maybe we just need to let nature take its course. <laughs> and by that, I mean it's hurricane season today. So we'll see who survives. But, uh, yeah, this sheriff, he, he's in the hospital in critical condition. I believe That's it's terrible. Uh, critical but stable condition. Just terrible. The, uh, the 18-year-old and the other ATV guy, they've been arrested. Um, will anything come of this? Who knows? Who knows? 
But uh, I mean, thankfully, it's not in Orleans Parish. So I guess there's a chance. Yeah. Uh, that they actually, you know, have to stay in jail. Uh, I mean, it just. This is the reason these things are illegal. Yeah. Like the reason they are illegal is because they are dangerous. And the reason like even though cars are also dangerous, these are more dangerous and people drive them in a more reckless manner. Uh, and most of the times you're seeing people driving these things, which are illegal vehicles out in the middle of the street. It means they probably are prone to additional illegal activity as well one would think yeah and so uh you know it's, it's not illegal to drive these like in a field yeah yeah or no your i mean property. they make them yeah yeah it's you know you, you can't drive them mud. in the middle of a city street like why you would go down why you would even want to go down poydress or claiborne with an atv is beyond my comprehension but i suppose it's more fun than i'm realizing they're very good at wheelies it's remarkable they don't kill themselves more often to be perfectly honest yeah. um but yeah, it's uh, that just sucks. I mean, it that sucks for the officer. It's insane these kids are able to continue to do this and put people in harm's way and uh and yeah, and now I mean, if I was a cop, I wouldn't pull them over after listening to that shit. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of, you know, a couple weeks ago we were like, "Why don't they do something?" Now we see that they do something. What happens? It's like, "Well, I get it." Yep. So, yep. All right. Damned if you do, damned if you do. For the most uh, part. Yeah. Uh, and the final story here, uh, as hurricane season begins, concerns still loom over power outage after extended uh, outages during Ida. So if you remember Hurricane Ida, it was uh, the worst, and it uh, knocked out the power for two weeks. Uh, but don't worry, because hurricane season is here, and NOLA.com has let us know that despite billions of dollars in repairs necessitated by those storms which you would think like oh if something tore down my house and i had to rebuild a new house i would have a better house you'd think it turns out uh that despite the billions of dollars in repair the region will start this year's hurricane season still reliant on an aging transmission system that is uh dependent on just eight lines to get electricity to the area that sounds like not enough it quote if we were to ha replay ida we would have a similar approach to restore power, said Deanna Rodriguez, the CEO of Entergy, the worst human being in the world. With stronger poles and towers, we'd be able to rebuild transmission more quickly. But they didn't do that. Instead, they uh, they don't they didn't do anything. And uh, Helena Moreno sounded the alarm by saying, I don't believe we're in any better shape than last year. I feel like the company really has to be pushed to come up with what we are doing for grid resilience and what you're... You know who's supposed to do that? Who's supposed to hold them accountable, Helena? You! That's your job. You give them a no-bid contract to run all of the power in the entire city. Why don't you hold them a little bit accountable for making the system more resilient? Doesn't seem like anybody's really doing that. You're very good at giving quotes to say, I wish things were better. Mm -hmm. uh, the same way that, you know, J.P. Morrell always says that the crime should be better. Sure. Do something. These are the people in your employ. Uh... Let's let's try to hold someone accountable for something at some point. Uh, anyway, I think it's uh, not remotely shocking, but it is a little annoying. The fact that we just went through all this and now we know that if another hurricane hits the city and we're out of power for two weeks, I, I, I literally just like don't know how anybody comes back. I think if energy wants to do something that will actually make a difference and settle the minds of weary, exhausted citizens for June, for Pride Month, they could put out a rainbow energy logo. 
the ticket right there. That'll make us all feel better. I think like on the end of your bill, you can donate a dollar to some cause that you don't care about. You want to talk about an inclusive company. <laughs> Energy fucks everyone <laughs> in every hole. They are truly colorblind. They do not care about race, creed, gender. They are pansexual. They are polyamorous. Without bias. They are putting it in everyone's everything. They really should change their uh, corporate structure to just, you know, all their marketing to say without bias. Absolutely. They 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 don't care how rich you are, how poor you yeah. are, how white you are, black you are, anything else. If you have energy as your power company, you are fucked. And it doesn't matter what you think about it. We are all screwed at the equal level. We're all subject to energy. Nobody has their own power system in this city unless you have one of those fancy generators. But even then, that is not because of energy. So, uh, as always, you know, very uplifting news uh, when it comes to our fine, fair city. And that will take us in to my favorite part of this year's favorite program ladies and gentlemen the worst what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i've ever heard everyone in this room is now dumb the worst it's the worst thing i saw i read this week send them in polkincush at gmail.com this comes from wbrz in baton rouge Police say a man tried to sexually assault mm. guard dogs mm. after breaking into a Baton Rouge business. Mm. Police are looking for a man who forced his way onto a business's property and then tried to force his way onto two guard dogs. What is happening? An arrest warrant said Rage Hewitt... Rage. His name is Rage. R A G E. Hewitt. <laughs> Age 28. Not great with the ladies. Was seen <laughs> on surveillance footage dated May 20th, removing boards from a wooden fence on a property at Cedarcrest Avenue. Once he got past the fence, Hewitt was seen removing his clothing and chasing around two guard dogs while fondling himself, according to the Baton Rouge Police Department. What the f? Would do? We got to. St- put mental hospitals back in place also, this guy's roaming the streets also these guard dogs are fired <laughs> <laughs> i'm not victim blaming here i think you are you're getting this you're I got the, blaming the bitch the fucking <laughs> hot dog guy and now i'm getting the guard dogs this story should have ended much different i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm a friend of animals this man should not be doing this At some point in the roughly 15-minute affair, police said Hewitt was able to briefly corner one of the dogs off camera where the animal is heard yelping. He was also seen tying a shirt around one dog's mouth and holding his penis near the animal's face with his back to the camera. What the fuck is going on? After approximately 15 minutes of chasing animals around the yard unclothed, the defendant eventually gives up, gathers his loose clothing, and exits the property through the removed fence panels. One dog was treated for a cut on its leg after it was seen limping. It was unclear what he did to either animal. Uh, Yeah, it was very unclear. I think it was pretty clear. He has been arrested. 
Well, that's good. On charges of cruelty to animals, sexual abuse of an animal, and unauthorized entry of a place of business. The least of those charges. <laughs> Unau- and literary. Yeah, unauthorized <laughs> entry of a dog's butthole. It's always funny, like, uh, you know, it's never like uh, manslaughter and littering. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, what's going on? Remember they had the guy who was banging horses last year? Maybe he's friends with this guy. This guy looks like a hacky sack guy that you would see at Bayou Boogaloo. Yeah. So be careful, Bayou Boogaloo. (laughs) I mean, so he's by himself. He's by himself. He breaks into a business, business unknown. Guard dogs attacked. Oh, He strips naked, and he... What the hell, man? He waggles his genital in front of the dogs. Now, guard dogs. Are guard dogs trained... Uh, to attack people or guard dogs just like innately you think if you have a dog that people will not want to mess with your business well i'm looking at these dogs and they appear to be german shepherds so maybe you think well i just get them and i put them here they're a scary looking dog people associate them with guarding stuff certainly no one will jump in here nude (laughs) (laughs) little did you know dude that uh, is bonkers. There is no follow-up uh, to the story. Um, moral, uh, moral of the story, don't name your child Rage. Yeah, I mean, they really he had it coming from birth. You think he legally changed his name to Rage? It could have been granted to him. He was there, his parents are big Tom Morello fans. I don't think this guy's done much legally. I don't <laughs> think he's legally changing his name. <laughs> it's not in quotes. It's not an alias. It says it's his name. Rage. Good. L- I got nothing, man. You know, I think this is one story where you can go, you know what? That didn't happen in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the only takeaway, I think, from this one. Yeah. So Baton Rouge, uh, you with your dog rapist, uh, you know, take cover. Hide your dogs, uh, I suppose, inside or at least get them uh Trained to uh, bite uh, penises when exposed. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you do that training. Hot dogs. (laughs) It seems they have to probably have some pretty, uh, you know, pictures that you wouldn't want anybody else to see inside your house to show that when you see this exposed outside to bite. And then you have to be careful yourself. Yeah. Maybe this can be like a new add on to the dog training course. Yes. Who was that guy, Caesar Milan, who used to, you know, train the dogs? Yeah. Yeah. Click three times, and he'll bite your penis (laughs) off. Uh, on that note, uh, we will wrap up here. Thank you all so very, very much for listening. Uh, it was nice to be back after our week off. Uh, please, as always, rate, uh, especially on Spotify, uh, review, subscribe, all those wonderful things. And if you have any suggestions or links or anything that you think we should talk about, uh, please let us know. Polkandkush at gmail.com. Polkandkush at gmail.com. Uh, thank you all very much, and see ya! Thank you.